Welcome to Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs, the podcast for busy and high-performing entrepreneurs and leaders who are looking to create more energy and optimize their health while upgrading their brain and personal performance with precision. I am your host, Julian Hayes II. I've been involved with health and performance for over a decade. This podcast was created for the high performer who is unapologetically ambitious, the one who moves at a fast pace and operates with an edge, the one who wants to become superhuman. Nothing here is fluff, gimmicky, or feel good. I have little to no interest in simply helping you improve your life. I want to help transform it. By listening to this podcast, expect to have a body that feels just as good as it looks. Expect to possess a swagger and style that gives off an infectious vibe. Expect to command the stage or any boardroom you walk into with your executive presence. And lastly, expect to become your most enhanced self so you can live a limitless life. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to another episode of Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Julian Hayes II. And today's episode is the first installment of a six-part series around weight loss and how to truly conquer it. And if you've listened to previous episodes, then you know that I'm not one for surface-level tactics. I like to approach health optimization as a military leader would approach war and see the entire campaign ahead as opposed to just getting caught up in one little battle here and there. A great general sees five moves ahead. So nevertheless, this weight loss series will hopefully get you thinking a little more critically about weight loss and everything that goes into a successful weight loss campaign. Now, weight loss, or should I say being at a healthy weight and body fat percentage, is critical for every single human being on this planet right now. And yes, we have these external surface-level benefits, such as being more muscular, having a leaner physique, and most likely being attractive, more attractive, I should say, to the opposite sex. Um, But we also have diseases such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, various brain ailments, and many, many more that are dramatically lowered when your weight is under control. So when you carry this excess weight or this extra fat, it's leading to a more highly inflamed body. And your everyday inflammation levels are higher than they should be. And inflammation is often at the center or at least one of the main culprits of many of today's ailments and various diseases. And when you carry this extra fat, it also messes messes with your brain. Now, a lot of people in this world are anxious and depressed, and a lot of that would vanish once they got rid of some of their extra fat. Men are often concerned about testosterone and libido, and this applies to women as well, and losing weight helps both in the bedroom, in the boardroom, and with your hormones. So when you have this extra weight, you have more estrogenic endocrine disruptors that are stored in your fat. 
So when you're getting rid of this extra weight, it's helping to eliminate these unnecessary toxicants that are just residing inside your body. And as I mentioned earlier, extra weight affects every single human on this planet right now. But as an entrepreneur, as a leader, someone looking to perform at a higher level, there's an extra tax that comes with being overweight and being out of shape. Extra weight affects your business. It's directly correlated with your business. So before I go any further, I know there'll be someone out there who will say, I know so-and-so, they'll name some random entrepreneur who is rich and quote-unquote successful, but they look like a slob. And this is true. There's always outliers. In anything you look at, there's going to be outliers. But I would also say about this person here that we're referencing, they're living a lot of potential and impact on the table. They're leaving a lot of potential and impact because they're not as cognizant of their health as they should be. So this type of person is successful, but they could be a lot more successful. They could be a lot more impactful if they truly focus on their health as well. This type of person is also unfortunately cutting their potential lifespan by some years. And this leads me to the first point when it comes to how our weight affects our business. Extra weight prevents you from being the best version of yourself and truly unlocking your limitless potential. Now, some people, good, it's good enough. As long as they're comfortable and secure and life is relatively stress-free, that's good enough. And to those people, I salute them. I congratulate them because they know what they want and they're comfortable with it. But that's not me. And it's probably not you if you're listening to this podcast. Good is not good enough. And I'm assuming you want to make the most of the opportunity that you have on this earth right now. I'm assuming that you want to make as big of an impact as you can right now. I'm assuming that you want to set an example for your kids and your future kids if you don't have any kids right now, but you plan to have some. And you want to set an example for your immediate circle and even those far away, people who look up to you online or in person or wherever you may be. And if you want to accomplish anything meaningful in this world, you need energy. The more, the better. Time and energy, they must be optimized to their fullest. And carrying around this extra jiggle or two of weight, that's going to significantly reduce your daily energy reserve. As an entrepreneur, energy, be it mentally, physically, emotionally, and even spiritually, is needed to make it through each and every day. You know, it takes a lot to build a successful business. You need abundant energy. And the only way that you'll get this is if your body's in the best shape. An overweight body is not a healthy body. And so point number two, as we're thinking about our weight and our business, is that it kills your confidence and it makes people hesitant to do business with you. And I'm going to be real for a moment. I try to be real most of the time, but I'm going to be extra real right now and just tell an uncomfortable truth. 
I've seen what many would consider some very ugly dudes. And they have some of the most attractive women on their arms. You're almost questioning, how did this guy get this girl here? I've done it a lot of times. I'll be, I'll be the first one to admit. Was it money? Well, maybe, perhaps. Maybe it was money. But that's not always the case. The number one trait that I'm willing to bet is that they had confidence. This quote-unquote ugly guy, or not attractive by society standards, this guy here, he had confidence. Confidence is sexy. Confidence is magnetic. It's obvious that having a body you're proud of, that will be beneficial in the bedroom, of course, and even in the attraction stage. Um, After all, if you think about this right now, the way the world is, especially right now during the pandemic, there's not a lot of in real life meetups. So online dating is only going to grow. So physical appearance is becoming that much more important to get your foot in the door. And this is the case with business as well. And here's another uncomfortable truth. But we know this intuitively. It's easier to do business when you got your body feeling right. When you look and feel your best, there's a natural aura that's attractive to the world around you. And you've probably been around a person who has had this same type of vibe and energy around them. And there's just something about them. And so confidence attracts new clients. Confidence attracts potential business partners. Confidence can even attract more people to your online audience if you happen to be a digitally-based business. And this is all happening because you won't have to worry and obsess with how you look. And that is going to help your overall swagger meter, as I call it. Swagger is very important. Your confidence essentially throws a beacon out there that you're serious and that you have your shit together. You're a total package. This brings more discipline into your life when you take control of your weight. And that discipline from taking control of your weight, it's going to bleed over into your professional life as well. Now, I could spend an entire episode on the link between health and business. But one last thing, which is important to all of us, is that it saves you money. And who doesn't love money? And you can take this money that is being saved and reallocate it towards your business even more, or investing, or just blowing the money having fun with it. There's a lot of options with it. Now, from the John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, a few years ago, in 2017 to be exact, researchers looked at the costs associated with obesity, and this is considering both a direct medical cost as well as factoring in productivity loss. And they calculated how those expenses play out over a lifetime. And here's an example here uh, to, to, to make this a little easier to grasp. So say you're 40 years old right now, and you're classified as obese. This is a BMI of 30 or higher. And if you drop enough pounds to then qualify as overweight, that's a BMI between 25 but under 30. You stand to save an average of $18,000 and 262. Now, if you get down to what is medically considered as a normal weight, that's a BMI 
between 18.5 to under 25. You could save as nearly as twice as much money. That's around $31,000. So before someone also comes to me about BMI and it's inaccurate and there's muscle mass to consider, yes, I'm aware of this. The BMI isn't the best for very muscular individuals. But this study still gives a very strong connection between money and your weight. Also, if you happen to be lean and very muscular, then you obviously are well-disciplined, which circles back to the earlier points made. So if there are so many benefits with having a healthy weight and not being overweight and carrying extra, carrying extra fat around, then why are so many people overweight? Why has the quarantine 15 affected countless people? Why are pandemic pounds an actual thing? That's a great nickname, by the way. I will admit whoever came up with that. Tremendous nickname. But anyway, for entrepreneurs and high performers, it's hardly ever an issue of simply needing motivation or just being totally oblivious to the situation. You know, after all, you started a business, you're leading others on a daily basis. Intelligence isn't likely an issue with you, most likely. It's a little more nuanced than that. There's a little extra seasoning with everything here. So let's go over six of the more common excuses that I've heard throughout the years. And these are very sneaky excuses at that. So number one, let's get one of the more obvious, but still sneaky. And that's, I don't have enough time. All of us have said at some point in our life, that I don't have enough time for something. I'll be quite honest. When most people say, I don't have enough time, it's 100% bullshit because they choose to watch TV. They do normie activities like mindlessly surf Facebook or play video games or some other vice that's not really a legitimate case for not taking care of their health. But I know that's not the case with you the listener of this podcast here, because it's a different breed here right now. You have a business to run. You have people to coach. You have people to lead. Maybe you have book deadlines. Maybe you have project deadlines. Or for many right now, perhaps you are finding new ways and even pivoting on the fly at this very moment to keep your business afloat during this current pandemic. All of these things may be true you may find yourself checking off a couple of those boxes that I just mentioned. But it's still not a good enough excuse. And to handle this excuse starts with delivering yourself a reality check. It starts with delivering a mental reframe about health and fitness. You see, most people believe that you have to invest a lot of time, a lot of resources, and it takes a lot of energy in this process of transforming your body, taking control of your weight. Many people think it's 60 minutes, balls to the walls, five days a week, and bland chicken and broccoli, and taking all the fun out of your life so you can get that weight and make it disappear. But here's a counterintuitive insight with all of this, and it's much more powerful and impactful than to look at that initial way that I just talked about. The key lies with creating a precise structure and routine. Looking at the big picture, remember, this is a campaign here. It's not a little battle. Focusing on 
the type of workouts you do, that's a battle. But looking at your overall structure to the day, your overall routine to the day, that's the campaign. That's what the successful military general thinks about. So creating these healthy habits and behaviors throughout the day, as opposed to just focusing on your training routine, that is the first crucial step to take. No need to overthink it. This can start with simply taking control of your morning and your night routines so you can ensure that you start and end the day productively and in the right mindset. And this leading to a more positive mood, which then is going to lead to more positive actions that are going to be placed, which then sets you up in the best chance to get positive results. So you have time. You just might not have the right structure or habits within that time right now. Time is a neutral party that shows no allegiances. Time operates however you treat it. Let's move on to the next excuse um, excuse here. This is sneaky excuse number two. And it's, I don't think it's that bad. I'm doing all right. So sometimes the downside of being a well-read individual, someone who's fairly intelligent, and someone who actually has accomplished various feats in life and has a lot of stuff to show for it. Sometimes there's a downside to that that a lot of times we don't talk about. And that's being that it's easy to manipulate your reasoning to justify your, your actions or your inactions in this case, especially regarding your fitness. So let's think about this for a moment. What do stubborn people, various addicts, and self-sabotagers have in common? Each of them are full of denial and have a lot of delusion. Most people want to change their body. Most people want to change their life. There's a lot of people also probably who want to change the caliber of people they date. But as soon as they feel a little bit of resistance, a little bit of discomfort, and a little bit of awkwardness, or a little bit of insecurity, it's all hands off deck. It's time to retreat. And as we're thinking about our fitness here, maybe you tell yourself that it's only a few pounds. It's, it's not that bad. I'll get to it eventually. I'll get to it when things die down a little bit. And this is negligence. This is you tolerating mediocrity. It's only a few pounds. It's only a few numbers off from being average on my laps. No, absolutely not. You cannot tolerate any of this. It's tighten your diet now and get back on it. There is no tomorrow. Your mind can be a liar. You must wage war with this tolerance of mediocrity. So sneaky excuse number three is, I don't know enough yet. I need some more time to plan. And I say plan with quotations around it. So let's start with a random story of me and my time spent in Portugal a few years ago. And... I perfectly 
executed this excuse to the T. Like, just a picture-perfect example. So I was at this cafe with a friend. Pretty nice sunny day, nice and cool. I was there, I think it was, I was there at the beginning of January. So supposed to be rainy season, but it was pretty comfortable that day. Nice sunny weather. And I saw this girl at the cafe and I couldn't stop looking at her. Something about her was like magnetizing to me that you just couldn't keep your eyes off of. And so I wanted to walk up to her. I wanted to strike up a conversation. I was trying to think of things to say. Um, I was actually thinking of like a, a scenario potentially. Like what what will she say? What what? And then what can I say after that? I was easily in my head, and I had broken Portuguese also at this moment too. So I wanted to put that out there. But after enough time of mentally wasting away and coming up with useless ruminations, I told myself. I'm going to be here five, five and a half more weeks. I was just a few days landed at this time. I'll talk to her next time that I'm here. Or I'll just talk to the next girl who strikes my interest in here because I'll have a plan and I will know more words to say. And to no surprise, I didn't become fluent during that time. I guess the moral victory of this whole thing is that I did end up striking some conversations during that time, but I didn't end up talking to that girl because I never saw her again. But in this situation, in that moment, this made total sense to me at that time. And planning and acquiring more knowledge often sounds like the logical thing to do. And I tend to label this issue of procrastination and quote-unquote planning. These are smart people's problems. You're so smart sometimes that you get in your own way. You're so much in your head that you fail to take action. And when you procrastinate on your health because you don't know everything in this very moment, you don't know if the plan that you're about to execute on is reasonable or if the plan is the best that it could be or if it needs some more modifications, it sounds logical to plan, to hesitate, to wait, and to learn some more. But just like my Portugal story, the reality of the situation is telling an entirely different narrative. You can buy more fitness books. You can listen to more podcasts. You can search the depths of the internet for more biohacks, or you can just do something, anything really. Planning, planning, and just more planning is nine out of 10 times just procrastination in disguise. You know what needs to get done. You know what to do right now. You might not know what to do next week, but you know what to do right now. You'll never feel 100% ready about anything that you're going after. The unknown, it never vanishes away. The uncertainty, the uneasiness, it's never going to completely go away. You just learn to accept it as it is. The fear, it never goes away. You just learn to dance with the fear. You don't need another fitness book. You don't need to precisely get your macros right at this very moment. You don't really need to listen to another podcast, unless it's mine. You don't need to listen to another podcast unless it's mine. Let's let's modify that one. <laughs> so to initially start losing weight though, and to initially eradicate these pandemic pounds, to initially make a dent in the quarantine 15, focus on moving more often, 
eating foods that weren't made in a chemistry lab, sleeping more, and prioritizing key relationships. Because ultimately, you learn by doing, not by spectating and philosophizing. So as we move on here to sneaky excuse number four, it's I'm too busy to cook daily. And this is a pretty good one. Before even attempting to solve this nutritional riddle here when it comes to this, it's important to take a few steps back and gain a proper perspective of the situation at hand. So what this sneaky excuse is really exposing is a lack of a playbook when it comes to your nutrition. So before anything else, the first priority is to formulate a nutritional playbook, to formulate a nutritional strategy, a philosophy around your nutrition and how you will go about it. So if you don't know how to cook, either learn how to cook some basic things like I had to do years ago, or use a meal delivery service to alleviate this situation along with buying some time and energy back in the process. And another thing that has helped me eliminate any potential decision fatigue is to have a handful of go-to meals throughout the week. Now, my breakfast is the same. It's generally a protein smoothie with blueberries, um, some greens, and some chia seeds, and some milk, water, um, and oatmeal. And besides a snack that I'll throw in, my lunch and dinner have a handful of options that I rotate. And when I talk about this rotation, what this is is, Having three to four go-to meals that are easy, that don't require any thinking that you'll use throughout the week to conserve mental energy. And then on the weekends or when I'm going out, that is when I'll extend myself outside of the nutritional playbook. So let's move on to sneaky excuse number five. I have bad genetics. And this is one of my favorites. Genetics matter. They most definitely matter, but not in the sense that you may be thinking. Yes, there are genes such as the FTO gene or some simply called the fat gene because it's related to the accumulation of fat mass and obesity-related proteins. Some people have a variant of this where it causes them to overeat and they don't feel full. And it's helpful to know genes such as the PLIN gene since it's related to the effect of carbohydrate intake on your weight loss efforts. Some people do better on a high-carb diet. Some people do better on a low-carb, complex-carb diet. There's the APOE genes, APOA genes, the GAT1 genes. Many, many more genes follow suit as well. And many of these genes are very important. And, I mean, I use genetics as a foundational tool to set up client plans. This is part of precision performance. But even if you don't know your genetics, that's not an excuse not to do anything. That's not an excuse to not be able to make any progress. Knowing your genes has nothing to do with the foundational work that can be done. Genetics has nothing to do with having awareness about what you're eating. You see, most high performers, they struggle with their weight. And that's because they have a tendency to eat while they're working whenever they can squeeze it in between meetings or whatever is available or convenient at the moment. And these are all less than idle circumstances. And if you also didn't notice in all those scenarios that I named, 
they're always multitasking and there's never an awareness fully about what they're putting in their mouth. Now, there's no perfect diet and knowing your genetics does allow for a more precise and effective plan up front because a lot of the guesswork is removed. This is all true. But there's a lot that you can do right now to swing this pendulum in a more positive direction than what it is right now. Start by cleaning up the food that you know doesn't belong. If it was made in a lab, made in a factory, odds are it's something that doesn't deserve a a permanent slot in your nutritional rotation throughout the week. And so sneaky excuse number six here. I'll start tomorrow. I'll start next week. I'll start when work slows up. I'll start when whatever other thing you want to say. This is all about starting in the future, but never right now. So have you ever heard, or maybe you've even said some of these things yourself. Once I have more time, I'll start working out. Work is just too busy right now. This is my last day of eating quote-unquote bad, dirty foods. I'm going to start eating cleaner tomorrow. I'm going to start hitting the gym starting next week. Well, today is Thursday, and I'll just start my diet fresh on Monday because you can't start a diet in the middle of the week, right? Um, who, Who does that? After this weekend, I'm going to start eating healthier. After my vacation, I'm going to hire a coach. And the perfect time and the perfect place to begin, it's all just a fantasy. It's all just a fantasy that we concoct up on a daily basis to delay taking action. Waiting for the perfect moment when all the stars will align. It's a very good story in our heads. But the reality of it, the true narrative of it, doesn't operate anything like it does inside our head. Something will always be there to try to seduce you into waiting for another seemingly quote-unquote perfect moment to start, a utopia to happen, to arrive. So if you wait until tomorrow, you wait until next week, you wait until work slows up, you wait until you feel motivated and charged up, you wait until the weather is favorable. Maybe it cools down a little bit because it's too hot to run outside right now. You wait until all your finances are in perfect order. You wait until company revenue is doing a little better. You wait until someone tells you that it's okay to start. You wait until whatever other else excuse that is going to come out of your mouth, that is going to come up in your head. Because the truth of the matter is, you'll still be waiting once whatever magical freeing moment that you told yourself in your head, you'll be waiting and waiting and waiting. So this moment is all that there is. It's empowering. It's freeing to choose this moment right now. It's empowering to choose right now to make an um change. It all starts with a decision in your head, a true change in your head. This at least puts you on the playing field. People who consistently wait until tomorrow and delay taking action are probably the people 
who just like the idea of making a commitment. It sounds good in their head. I would love to become a very world-class chef. That sounds like a cool skill to have. But it's probably never going to happen. It sounds good. But um, I keep putting off going to cooking classes and really learning about cooking. There's a lot of people who would love to learn another language. There's a lot of people who would love to run a marathon. There's a lot of people who would love to be 10% body fat. There's a lot of people who would love to be confident enough to wear the bikini that they really want when they go to the beach. There's a lot of people who want a lot of things. But a lot of those people delay taking action. They like the idea of making the commitment. But it's nothing more than just a small hit of dopamine at the end of the day for them. Nothing of substance gets done. At the end of the day, a desire to change is still only a desire until some kind of action has taken place. The fat around your midsection, it's not going to disappear just because you want it to change. The biological clock, the biological aging, that will happen unless we do something about it. It's not going to slow down or even reverse just because we want it to. Weight loss begins and starts once you make a decision and take some action, any kind of action. If you truly want something and it's within your power to start, then you'll begin as soon as possible. Even if it's not the right step, even if it's not the prettiest step, But as I read in the book, The Art of Taking Action, action isn't something that comes after figuring things out. Action is a way of figuring things out. So as we land this ship on this first installment of our Weight Loss for Busy Entrepreneurs series, it's imperative to get our minds right. And this starts with giving yourself a reality check. It starts with owning up to the excuses that you have been using or whatever other story that you have been telling yourself. I know it's a pandemic right now. A lot of us have have perhaps lost people. A lot of us maybe have lost employment, lost revenue. We have uncertain months ahead with our business. There's a lot of stress right now. These are all valid excuses. But it's in times of crisis where leaders step up, where the true high performers step up. And this is what I remind myself on a daily basis because I sometimes want to retreat into the bunker to not exercise because I don't feel like it a lot of days when my mood's not doing well or I have extra stress. Um, stress. So you're not alone with that. But excuses sound best to those who make them. And I think that's worth repeating again, as you tell yourself, when you want to really take care of your body right now, lose that weight that may have came on. Excuses, the ones that you're telling yourself right now, the stories that you're telling yourself right now, these excuses sound best to those who make them. So you must wage war with your excuses, wage war with your ego, wage war with your justifications, and you have to do this on a daily basis. 
Because the truth of the matter is, no matter what's going on right now, you have enough time, you have enough resources, and you have the ability to make it happen. I'm not here to berate you or guilt you. I'm simply here to remind you and to remind myself, quite frankly, that when it comes to our goals, when it comes to our dreams, our aspirations, the execution isn't about the time, the resources, or the various abilities and skills. The execution starts with it becoming a priority in our life. As Apollo Creed told Rocky in the movie Rocky Three. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. If you aren't or don't want to do it today, what makes you think that you'll want to do it tomorrow? That's a very good question to ask yourself. So if you don't want to exercise today, or if you don't want to start to clean up your diet today, what makes you think that you'll want to do it tomorrow? And with that said, Thanks for tuning in to part one of this series. Part two is coming out soon, and it's going to be diving into all the factors that lead to entrepreneurial weight gain. And it's much more than just calories in and calories out. You're going to love it, and it's going to really open some thoughts. But for now, though, we got to get your mind right some more. We got to have you win today. Optimizing your health optimizing your body, optimizing your brain. It's very much like being a fighter and prepping yourself, preparing for battle. So with that said, let's end with the scene in Rocky Three to give you some motivation. So stay awesome and be limitless. And remember, there is no tomorrow. Inside, 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 baby. Side to side, move your head. Watch him now, watch him. Right, remember, he's got two hands, right? Damn, man, what the hell are you doing? This guy will knock you on your ass. Come on, Rock, it's not a game. You want to live in the hospital for five weeks this time? You thought I was tough? This jump will kill you. Come on, come on, get your head on your shoulders, man. Think about the fight, think about the fight. Clubber Lang's in here, he's trying to hurt you, Rock. He's trying to hurt you, okay, here he comes. Jab, he's jabbing, he's jabbing, he's trying to hurt you. You gotta fight him, you gotta move. Tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow.